Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome. Week four of our series, Advent. Now, Advent is, is the series that focuses on the coming of Christ. That's what Advent means, coming or arrival. And Advent, if you focus on Advent as a season, typically it involves uh, Advent wreaths. And, and so we have the Advent wreath here, and, and each week there's a specific topic we've been diving into. And the first week, uh, and, and there's, so there's always candles uh, with an Advent wreath. And so if the first week we lit the first candle of Advent, which is, let's see how well you do. I'll give you a hint. First week we talked about, it starts with an H. What did we talk about? Hope. Hope was week one. Week two, we caught together and talked about uh, the word that starts with an F. Does anybody know what that is? Faith. Come on, come on. Do I have faith that this will light? It has been lit so many times. All right. Third week, someone came along and said this candle needed to be rose-colored. Apparently, that's what it's represented by. it, And it's the word joy. Awesome. For those who remember that, joy. And so that's joy. It's just so awkward having to light candles. We talked about having fake candles. I was like, okay, that's pretty cheese. So this week, we get to week four. And week four, we're talking about peace. That's week four. And then next week, or or this weekend, when we talk about um, coming to Christmas Eve, we're going to light the middle candle, which is the Christ candle. So this week, we're talking about peace. Here's the question that I've been wrestling with really throughout this season. As we think about Christmas, does Christmas really bring, you know, does it bring a hope and faith and joy and peace into our lives? Because while it's supposed to be a wonderful time of year, studies clearly indicate that it's also the most stressful time of year, that it's the most anxious time of year, and as Trevor was even talking about, it's the most sad time of year for many people. Now, there's uh, different studies uh, show that there's different stressors for people. For example, some of the biggest stressors during this season are, are, and this might be some of you, family finances cause a lot of stress, or, or family tensions, or missing a loved one, or, or this is a big one, being isolated during this season. And I, man, my heart goes out to those on our online community who have been worshiping with us online, and I think, oh my goodness, how challenging that must be, and, you know, and maybe even feeling isolated. And so, man, my heart goes out to you. So maybe some of that's stress for some of us. Uh, maybe for some of us, it also talks about uh, a big stressor is Christmas shopping and Christmas planning. One study talked about the stress that people experience as a result of their eating during the holiday season. And one of the studies said that 85% of the people during the holidays overeat. And so I'm not going to have you raise your hand and ask if you're part of the 85%. But here's what's interesting. 42% of the people said they have to unbutton their pants during a meal. And I thought that was pretty interesting, which, the, hey, if you're part of the 42% and you want peace and not be stressed, very simple, wear sweats, <laughs> right? You wear sets, sweats, solve the problem, no stress. Christmas is a great time, but it can also be a stressful time. And peace isn't always on the table for everyone. And in fact, if you're a parent of young kids, 
and you're getting ready to make, you know, travel maybe to the in-laws or to the relatives or something, you're already in your mind, no, that, travel, that trip is not going to be, uh, you know, peaceful at all. And, and we've, had, we've had kids, and they were young, and I remember, and, and maybe this is you, and the kid, you already know, okay, the kids are going to be shouting in the back seat, Dad, are we there yet? Mom, are we there yet? Are we there yet? They're going to, maybe this one, has your kids ever said this? Mom, he's touching me. Or, or, or maybe this one, Dad, he's on my side of the seat. And then this is my favorite, my kids used to say this one, they'd, they'd say, Mom, he's looking at me. <laughs> And I'm always, I always turn around, I'm like, well, look back. <laughs> Perhaps you've heard of the famous truce that took place during World War I in the winter on Christmas Eve of 1914 between the German and the British soldiers. They were each in their trenches and separating them was what was called no man's land, filled with barbed wire. And that evening... The British soldiers were shocked when all of a sudden they saw the trenches of the Germans light up. And then they began to hear some, a sound. And as they listened in, they could hear, and the sound got louder as the German soldiers were singing out the song and the verses to Silent Night. And they ended that song with the words, sleep, you know the song, sleep in heavenly what? Heavenly peace. Well, the, the, the British, after it went silent, the British soldiers then started singing out the first Noel. This back and forth went on for almost an hour. Then there was a British soldier who shouted out to the Germans, hey, come join us on our side. One courageous, fearless German soldier stood up. Everybody else looking at him like, this could be a trap. He stepped out into no man's land and began to cross. As he made his way across, there was no gunfire. Other German soldiers began to join him. They make their way across no man's land to the British side. And, and, and he looks in to the, to, the, uh, to the British and he says, I, I'm Saxon and you're Anglo-Saxon. Why in the world are we fighting? They began to trade cigarettes and, and clothes and shoes and, and celebrate that e Christmas Eve, celebrate the exchange of gifts. That evening, they decided to declare peace that would last for an entire day starting Christmas morning. And so that next morning, there was no gunfire. There was no mortar shots. There was no death. All was quiet. Now, when I think about that story, which some of you are aware of that story, as I think about that story, it, remind, it tells me something. It tells me that we, there's something inside of us that longs for peace, that we desire peace, we want peace. And here's the great news. God places peace, fourth candle, God places peace at the very center of the Christmas story. And so let's take us back to the scene. I want you to join me as we, as we head to the hills of Bethlehem, where it the scriptures tell us that, they, that the shepherds are watching over their flock by night. It's quiet. It's a peaceful, silent night as they're watching their flocks. I imagine these shepherds, you know, they're gathered around a campfire, some of them talking quietly. Others, it might be their shift to take a nap. When all of a sudden... Whatever peace and whatever quiet these shepherds were experiencing, it was shattered 
by the sudden appearance of an angel. The brilliance of the light of the glory of God had arrived on the scene. It must have been overwhelming to the shepherds. The the sheep must have scattered. All the peace that they were experiencing was gone. In fact, Luke chapter 2 verse 8 tells us the shepherds were terrified. You would be as well. Don't kid yourself. In the darkness of that silent night had just come the brightness of the glory of the Lord. And if you know anything about angelic encounters in Scripture, you know that once again, an angel has to speak out to humans, chill out. It's okay. Verse 10, do not be afraid. Now, why don't you have to be afraid? Because the angel said, I bring you good news. I have good news, and it's news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this is going to be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The shepherds are trying to grasp the immensity of what has just transpired with them. And as if, as if one angel wasn't enough, they're taken back on verse 13. As now all of a sudden it says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel and praising God. I, I can only imagine as these shepherds are watching and peer, looking up into the sky when all of a sudden, I don't know how it transpired, but the, the heavens opened. And the, and the armies of God, tens of thousands of angelic warriors descending down to that heavenly, or to that Bethlehem hillside. And those hosts of heaven, they couldn't help but praise and glorify God because the Savior, the Christ, the Lord, had been born. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 tells us this. It says that angels long to look into these things. And now it's interesting when you think about it that, that from what we know of scriptures, God kept this, this, this salvation redemption story and all of its details to himself. The angels were aware of some of it, but they longed to look into the details. It was a mystery even to them. And now all of a sudden, that's what that verse is talking about in Peter. And now all of a sudden, they recognize the redemption story. It's kicking into gear. Now it's going to get rolling. Here it is. And so they just, they just bust out in adoration and adoration and praise to God. The time had finally come. Can you imagine how loud it must have been as in verse 14, the angels declared glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Another way to say that is peace has come to those who praise him and those who glorify him. In other words, if you want peace, then worship and praise God. You want the peace of God in your life, then worship and praise God. Now the question then becomes is what is peace? Because you and I, when we think of peace, we typically think of it as the absence of conflict or the absence of, you know, of, of war. Uh, again, my illustration with the British and German soldiers. But the scriptures have a much more broad and robust definition. The Hebrew word for peace in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word shalom. Say shalom. Shalom. Shalom means this inward sense of wholeness, 
of well-being, of safety, of security, of rest inwardly. It's a completeness. It's a wholeness. It's, a, it's not broken. And, it, and it's intended to be something that is this inner sense of well-being that then flows out of our life into all of our relationships. Saying shalom is something that Jewish people say throughout the world, but especially in Israel. Shalom is bestowing a blessing on another person with a desire not just for them to have the freedom from outward disturbance, but more that they would have this inward sense of well-being. And to Jewish people who, had been, who have been constantly harassed since their inception by enemies, the idea of receiving blessing from God was paramount to them. And a blessing of peace stood out more than any other for the Jewish people. Going all the way back to Numbers chapter 6, when God instructed the note, uh, Moses, he said, I want you to bless the people. And when you bless them, here's how you do that. This is what you say. Numbers chapter 6, you might be familiar with it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his sh face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you what? Give you peace, shalom. You see, that's what God wants to do. He wants to bless you. And how does he do that? He wants to bless you by giving you peace, by giving you shalom. Now, just real quickly, I, I, as we think about this idea of God giving us his peace, his shalom, I want to just take a quick detour for a moment and tell you about something that I kind of found fascinating. You might as well, or maybe not. If it doesn't fascinate you, just set it on the shelf. But it was just kind of interesting to me. Um, the Hebrew word for peace is what? Shalom. The, the Arabic word for peace is salam. Now, the word aleikum means uh, be upon you or be with you. And so you're, you might be familiar in the Arabic world, in the Muslim world, they will say, salam alaikum, which means peace be with you or peace be upon you. But did you know that that's a Jewish saying as well? Shalom alaikum. Shalom alaikum. And for Jewish people, it's not just a greeting. It's, it's this idea of what we're talking about. It's this blessing. Interestingly, Jesus uses the phrase in two different, three times in two different appearances after his resurrection in John chapter 20. Paul, Peter, Jude, uh, John, they all used it in their letters to the churches. In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, and Gideon thought, okay, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and Gideon thought, man, I'm going to die, because anybody who sees the Lord, they're going to die. And in Judges chapter 6, verse 23, uh, the angel says to Gideon, peace be with you. Shalom Aleichem, or the shorter version in that Hebrew translation is Leka, Leka, but Shalom Aleichem, do not fear, you shall not die. Across the, 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 the world today, Jewish people sing the song uh, Shalom Aleichem every Friday night to usher in the Sabbath. They sing it every Friday night. And, and the song is four verses. And in those four verses, they are, they are welcoming the angels into their home. And the verses, the four verses, they talk about uh, welcoming, the verse one, welcoming the angels into their home for Shabbat or, Shalom, or, 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 or you know, Sabbath, welcoming them into their home in peace. And then also asking for the blessing of peace, another verse. And then also wishing the angels a peaceful departure 
upon their, their leaving the house after um, Sabbath ends. Shalom aleichem, peace be upon you, peace be with you. And by the way, this isn't just a Jewish uh, uh, thought or idea. It's not just an Arabic thought. Uh, liturgical churches, our church, liturgical churches do the same thing. Catholic churches, what do, what do they say in Catholic churches all the time? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Anyway, quick side note. Just found it a little fascinating. Um, for the rest of you, say, Chris, leave that with your studies. Just text somebody else. Okay. But here's what I imagine. If you got real honest with yourself, I mean, if you said, I, I just want to be real, there are many of us, maybe all of us, man, we really struggle with finding that inner peace, that inner well-being, that in the midst of our trials and our challenges, in the midst of our heart, heartaches, in the midst of our brokenness, Man, some of us might find ourselves thinking, maybe even shouting out, man, I just need some peace. Oftentimes we say, I need some peace and quiet. But here's what I know, if that's you. God has a message for you. God has a message for us that we would hear the angel's voice, that God has indeed brought peace. He desires for us to experience shalom. And of course, of course, God just has a way of doing this uh, at times. God uh, really rocked me this week. And I had circumstances in my life this week, uh, quite a few actually, that were trying to capsize my shalom. And I'm like, God, why in the world do I need to experience what I'm preaching? Why can't I just give it to them and leave me alone? But God has a way of making sure I practice what I pe preach. I don't know about you, but what I know that I need is to hear the angel's voice over and over and over and over again, and I really needed it this week. Peace be upon you, that in the midst of my brokenness, in the midst of my challenges, I need the peace of God. I need that settled sense of inner well-being, shalom. And I imagine many of you need that as well. We actually gain additional insight into this whole idea of peace of God, the shalom of God that he brings to us when we look into the New Testament. In the New Testament, it's written in Greek, and the Greek word for peace in the New Testament is irene. Now, uh, it looks different than that, but that's actually how you pronounce it, irene. And irene means to join together, to set at one again. And it was this idea of gluing something back together, something that, that had been separated that now needs to be glued or joined together again. And I believe that's what you and I need. And we need that in different ways in our life. I think there's some of us that there is this sense of we need to be glued back together within ourselves. That there hasn't been this wholeness or this completeness or this harmony within ourselves. There hasn't been peace or shalom or irene. And that's why this word, uh, the definition of irene includes complete. That is part of the definition because internally, something inside isn't right because it's shattered, it's broken, it's in pieces. And God says, peace, I give you my peace, Irene, 
You can now be complete, put back together. You don't have to be broken. In the Gospel of Mark, it's very interesting. There's this evil spirit or this uh, possessed person has an evil spirit inside of him. And Jesus said this in Mark chapter 1, verse 25. Jesus told the evil spirit, Irene, shalom, come out of the man. Interesting, we use the, translate, we use the words, be quiet. It's the word Irene. And this passage demonstrates the greatest measure of shalom. That whenever there is discord within us, whether that's physical, mental, or spiritual, and it seems like this man has all of those going on in his case, whenever that's happening, peace, irene, shalom, it brings us back to a state of wholeness, completeness, and rest. Again, we're one, separated, we're together as ourselves again. Quiet. Before, this man was divided, but now Jesus brought him shalom, irene, rest, united and no longer divided. And that's what God has for you and I, that there would be that oneness internally with us. God also wants us to view peace in another way, and that has to do with looking at peace through the lens of some of our relationships because I believe that some of our relationships are in need of irene, that there, God has a restoration or a reconciliation, that he wants to bring something back together in unity and in love. And maybe for you, you might have some a relationship or relationships that have been damaged, that have been hurt, or maybe even some that have been destroyed. Man, God wants to glue them back together again. God wants to do a mighty miracle. He wants to bring peace, to restore and to reconcile. Here's what I know. These last batch of years, the enemy, it's like he's been on overdrive and working overtime. He, our enemy, the devil, has been working overtime to divide. And he has been working to divide, you know, families, literally. To divide relationships, to divide churches, to divide our communities, to divide our country, even the world. There hasn't just been a physical battle taking place. There's been this spiritual battle taking place behind the scenes. And it's as if the enemy has just said, I'm grabbing a hold of these circumstances and I'm gonna work harder to steal and destroy and even kill relationships. Jesus says, I have come to bring Irene shalom, peace, to reconcile and to restore broken relationship. And so I want us to think about it. It is the Christmas season. And as we think about this Savior who has come to bring peace, what if? What if you would allow God to use you to initiate a restoration and reconciliation with somebody else that in which you have been hurt or there's division or there's separation or there's brokenness? What if you would allow God to use you in that? Maybe in a relationship that you're dealing with or the relationships that you're connected to. And if you would humble yourself if you would go before the Lord, if you would ask him, God, I humbly come before you. God, I am asking you to use me to, to, to glue something back together again. 
God, use me. I am open. I humble myself before you, and I will humbly go before another and seek restoration and seek reconciliation. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Do you think God will answer that prayer? Oh, you bet. God wants nothing more than to use you to bring peace, to reconcile, to restore. He's literally waiting for you to reach out to him. See, I believe God wants there to be an awakening, a revival in the hearts and the lives, starting with believers and spreading out throughout the world. So what if, man, what if we, what if we got off our political podiums? What if we got off our COVID convictions and we got on the peace plane and we said, you know what, God, I'm jumping on and I will fly wherever I need to go. I will go wherever I need to go to initiate peace, to bring reconciliation and reconciliation to something that has been broken, that has been separated. And I will be a part of being used by you to bring it back together so that there's completeness, wholeness, unity, and love. What if God wants to use you. I know he does. And if you would say yes to him, you will see a mighty work of God. Why? Because God came to bring peace. Peace to your soul and spirit, number one. Peace, number, number two, between you and others. And finally, peace between you and God. Scripture says in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 2, it says, your wrongdoings, in other words, your sins, have caused a separation between you and God. You and I, our sin, we are separated from God because of our sin. That means there is no peace with God, as Scripture says, because of our sin. So what did God do? <laughs> Christmas. That's what he did. Christmas. God took the initiative by sending his son. Isaiah chapter nine tells us of his son that he sent us, that he is the prince of peace. Ephesians chapter six talks about this being the gospel of peace. And scripture tells us that peace with God is through Jesus. Romans five, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul assured the Ephesian Christians, Jesus himself is our peace. Peace. Irene, shalom, bringing us back, uniting us with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're struggling with. I imagine some of you, you've been crushed by some loss in your life. Some of you, I imagine, you've just been kind of trampled down by the circumstances that have been going on in your life. Others of you, if you feel like, man, I've been beaten down, I've been abused. Others are filled with despair and disappointment. I mentioned it earlier, some are just overwhelmed with isolation. Again, my heart goes out to those who are online. And I can't imagine what it must be like to even feel isolated, smothered in loneliness. Others, you've been rejected by someone you care about or someone you love. There's those of us, we're still destitute in our sin. And no matter who we are, Jesus said, I'm, I've come to give you personal attention to bandage the brokenhearted and the downtrodden. Jesus says, I'm here to attend to you, to bring about healing and restoration so that there could be a wholeness 
of soul and spirit. In other words, Jesus said, I've come to bring peace where there isn't any peace. So when the angel said to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased, who is God pleased with? God is pleased with those who receive his son Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And when you and I, when we choose to say yes to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he comes into our lives, he forgives us of our sins, and he gives us the gift of eternal life. He gives us his Holy Spirit inside of us. And with the Holy Spirit inside of us, God gives us this amazing promise. In Philippians chapter 4, it says this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. We can't even, our mind can't fathom how incredible the peace of God is. Here's how incredible it is. Here's what it does that we can't even put words to. It will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Say the word guard. The peace of God guards our hearts and minds. Listen, the peace of God is the X factor for Christians. It's our X factor. It's what gives us a leg up from everybody else when it comes to the topics of fear and anxieties and worries. It gives us this leg up because what does the peace of God do? What did the verse say? It guards our hearts and our minds. That, that word guard, it's used of a sentinel who guards and watches over a city. And that's what God does for us. And I want you to think about this. An unguarded heart and mind, they're just way more susceptible to fear and worry and the troubles and the challenges of life. An unguarded heart. If your heart is unguarded, man, you can get sucked into that. But you and I as Christ followers, having this peace of God, it's the X factor. It stands guard over us so we don't have to be troubled, as Jesus said in John 14. We don't have to be afraid. By the way, some translations uh, for the word guard use the word keep. In other words, God's peace will keep our hearts and minds free from worry, fear, and anxiety from any of those taking root in our life. Sure, fear, anxiety, worry, that's going to all come at us. And, and there'll be moments you will feel that, but man, the peace of God says, uh-uh, that's not taking root here. That's not digging into your life. That's not overtaking your life. One of the testimonies I hear probably more than any other testimony when it comes to Christians experiencing loss or pain, the loss of a loved one, pain with their body, uh, circumstances, whether relational or, or, or you know, job situation, whatever the circumstances that are, tr that are trials and trying for people. What I hear more than anything else as Christians say this, I don't know how a non-Christian does it. Maybe that's been you. It's been me. Because in my loss and my pain, I've said, how does a non-Christian do this? Man, I'm surviving by one thing and one thing only. It's the peace of God. It's the peace of God getting me through this because left to myself without the peace of God with an unguarded heart, I would collapse under the weight of the pain. God's peace guards our hearts and our minds. It keeps us free, no matter our circumstances or situations, no matter what our problem is. In modern Hebrew, there's a common greeting that says this, mashalomka, 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 mashalomka. You hear the word shalom in there, right? Mashalomka. It means, how is your well-being? 
Mashalomka. Mashalomka. How is your well-being? How's your shalom? Because here's what we know. God wants his favor to rest on you today. And that is to fill you with his peace. Man, don't you want that? Don't you want the peace of God in you, filling you, guarding your hearts and mind, watching over you, keeping you free from worry, fear, anxieties taking root in your life? Don't you want that? I do. And you can have that. Lay your life before Jesus. Some of you need to do that for the very first time. And God's calling you. And he's been reaching out to you. And Christmas is a season to remind you when he came 2,000 years ago. The angels declare peace on earth. God has brought you his peace. Will you receive it today? Let's pray. God, I thank you for the gift that you offer us. That you want us to experience wholeness and completeness and harmony inside. And so God, right now, we just lay our hearts before you and we come before you. And I invite every single person to lift up this prayer to God. And some of you, it might be the very first time you pray it. And I hope you'll join me in this and join the family of God. Others of us, we continue to pray this and just say something like this. God, I humbly come before you, thanking you for your son, Jesus Christ, that you sent born in a manger, then to only die on a cross so that I could live. Thank you for God for that gift of salvation. I lay my life before you. I surrender my life to you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And if you're praying that for the very first time, I would just encourage you to add something like this. Say, Jesus, as best as I understand. For the first, I'm just laying my life before you in surrender that you would be my Lord and Savior. And I ask that your Holy Spirit that you promised to give me would fill me with your peace. Thank you for welcoming me into your family and for giving me the gift of life. God, hear each and every one of these prayers. We worship you. We praise you. We glorify you. Thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.